What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We have a very special guest today, Mike Catherwood. Uh, you're uh, you got a really interesting life story. Thanks. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do. <laughs> tell, I don't, I don't know if it's interesting in like a. Uh, it, like it's so amazing my ambition but, but like how wildly eclectic it is it's yeah 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 that's that's what i mean what's well, what, what's interesting to me is how so many of us have gone through such disparate experiences and arrived at the same general point yeah right which it, it probably shouldn't be surprising to me because every new like philosophy breakthrough we in the west have these days is really just an appeal back to 2000 year old stoics you know what i mean so it's not like we're reinventing the wheel every time we just think we're super unique and we go through life and we're like oh this is actually pretty easy we should have been doing this the whole fucking time and you're seeing that not only uh, most clearly i think and most um like it's most prolific in the self-help kind mm -hmm. of improvement world but you see it in everything like in entertainment you see stuff like where people are plotting how cutting edge it is and you're like you know someone did this like yeah, like yeah, buster yeah. keaton did this night you know in the health and fitness world pipe oh my god mct oil or desiccated liver pills and yeah, people yeah, are like yeah, this yeah. is amazing i was like you know like vince geronda was doing this yeah, yeah. 50 yeah, years yeah. ago <laughs> yeah there's nothing new yeah right we're just we just it's almost like the story of america we discovered a place that people already existed on it's like oh we found this like well there's people right there <laughs> you and like, i never i never I always was like, you make your own kind of future. Mm -hmm. And I still believe, obviously, especially in this country, you really are in so much control of mm -hmm. your life. But I'm starting more and more to believe in the idea of, of fate mm -hmm. because of what you're talking about. It's like, it just seems like no matter how right or wrong all these things go, you're going to end up in the vicinity of right. where you always were supposed to be. Yeah, know? like if you're a man, your life is going to be probably best and what I, I mean a lot of people will have pretty uh disparate opinions on what it means to be best mm -hmm. obviously but you are personally going to be most fulfilled if you're in a position where you're providing for and protecting something mm -hmm. whether it's your family or your community or whatever else right i mean that's just the male instinct is to do that it's two million years of evolution and then our primate ancestors before that yeah just use aggression to protect the tribe right there's a big denial too 
not only with men and that instinct to protect, mm. that instinct to provide. It, because I, I think a lot of like modern, I don't want to say modern women, but modern this modern kind of feminist movement mm. overlooks that men have this drive to succeed professionally, not just because we want to have nice things and lots of money. Mm. It's the, the 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 ability to fall asleep at night knowing you're providing for your family. That yeah. really is the majority of it. I yeah. mean, it, it, I, and I, it sounds corny, but I'm telling you, that's the way it is. And I think there's a, a either a, a denial of or a willing kind of ignorance to primal ways of life and, and, and things that generationally just are inside of mm-hmm. us for men and women. Well, we like to feel like we're progressing, right? I think yeah. that's a good thing. It's that's why like, that's why anxiety exists. Mm. To like wake you up in the middle, like, hey, you need to do more with your life. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing, by the way. It's a biological urge to make sure that you're not settling for less than what you should have, or uh, uh, because you know when when we all do better, we all do better, right? That's how communities work. Uh, I was thinking about just the idea of being a good citizen mm. in preparation of being on this show, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the anxiety about whether or not you are a good citizen, whether yeah. or not you are a good father, a good husband, fill in the blank. That in and of itself is kind of the nucleus of being a good citizen because is, yeah. I, I don't really there is no right or wrong answer right with this stuff but the guys I I hang around the ones that are very much not good fathers are not the guys who worry about being a good father right all the guys yeah. that are like really hands-on and, and really uh, that I admire for the way that they treat their children they're always like man I I just don't know if I'm, I'm doing enough. I don't know if I'm a good dad. Yeah, and I was no. like, well, it's that anxiety, right? Yeah. That keeps you going. And when we have that conversation, it seems to be like, oh, isn't it ironic that the guy who's so worried is actually doing a good job? I was like, no, it's not ironic. That's the way it works. You yeah. Know? I mean, you, you should be, uh, uh, whether it's your children or your, your spouse, for your friends and family, whoever it is, or your coworkers, especially if you're anywhere where you're a leader, I think is, is where it's most important. But you should be as keenly aware as possible of about how th- the people around you are doing, right? That's kind of your job is to manage that. And you see it, like, I, I thought it was really beautiful in the Arnold documentary. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, how he said, you know, I, I always gave off this vibe. I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And everything was going to be great. Yeah. But, you know, I was scared. You know, and you have that worry. And I heard, I've heard the greatest of all time in any, you hear Meryl Streep talk about how sometimes she still is like ready to vomit on set because she doesn't know if she can if she's going to yeah. be good enough and it's like imposter syndrome right? right but that's imposter syndrome like you should to 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 constantly improve or even just to maintain whatever you're uh, you're good at now you have to have that lion chasing you you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you just need it so you know that, and that's that's the curse of modernity, I guess. We just don't have a natural predator anymore. It used to be hard. the elements used to be our natural predator. We had to come together as a society to to fend off the elements, whatever they happen to be, even if it was a warring tribe from somewhere else. Now it's just not like that. Right? Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely. And just in, in all around, because everything is so comfortable, like mm. everything's so comfortable. And I'm not complaining. I love my iPhone. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. my Roomba, you know, whatever it is. I certainly love like now that I'm a farmer. I five times a week I will be doing something and I go, how the fuck did my great grandpa do this? Yeah, no shit. Because I have right. a really nice, you know, mm. twenty horsepower mower that I can and it's comfortable with like shocks mm. and it's still really hard to get it done in a day. I was like, how the how the hell do the Amish do this? Mm. You know, it's just crazy. And they're the still doing it. Yeah, yeah that's still to that's this crazy. Day. Yeah. 
Well, so I had uh, one of our buddies is a farmer up in Minnesota, and he explained to me how they use um, their their tractors, their televators, their uh, all their tillers, their televators, uh, all the stuff that they use, and their planters as well, all operate on GPS. So that televator goes out, tills the land, and then the second machine comes behind it and implants nitrogen in the ground in a specific spot. And then the, eight months later or whatever yeah. it is, the, the planter knows exactly where to put that plant, right? So awesome. It is awesome. But, like, how the fuck did anybody get anything done? Well, they before? probably didn't. Your buddy probably has a 2,000-acre sure, yeah. deal. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just they didn't do it to that scale. Yeah. That's how they did it, you know? Yeah, it's like uh, I've seen – so my grand, I know the way my grandmother did it. Um, she just put wooden stakes in the ground and then ran string to and wherever the x was is where the plant right. was so it's like all right okay that's that's a a not modern solution but it and sometimes works, it right? works yeah kind of better you know <clears throat> there there's like the, i see it like the way that you lay cement right now mm-hmm. is like the way you laid cement a thousand years ago yeah it hasn't really improved <laughs> that's much, the huh? that maybe obviously besides the truck dump in it but, mm-hmm. but you know the spades and stuff yeah. it's like all the same stuff yeah. it's pretty that's cool. true yeah we we spend a lot of, i mean so i guess what it what does it mean to progress and i've had this conversation with a lot of people recently um like it used to be for i I can't speak for women so much but for men especially the trajectory was like you know at some point during your teen years you start working for your dad probably right or at least working with him in some capacity and then you set out on your own to find uh, a career find a spouse have some kids and then you're a, a big part of your life, if not the primary focus of your life, was trying to provide better opportunities for your kids than you had or give them a quote-unquote better life, whatever that means. Now, I don't know how we do that. I don't know how I can give my kids, uh, if I were to have some, a better life than I've had. Even, like It's been rough in points, mm-hmm. but it wasn't <laughs> – it was pretty easy for me to become educated. E- easy because I'm I have determination and shit, but it wasn't like – Back in the day. I mean, it's like, I I can't, I, I have a 4,000 square foot house. Yeah. You know what I mean? How am I supposed to uh, uh, make, How? what am I going to do? And I have four college degrees. How am I going to make a better life for my kids? So you, I, I don't, you're, you're an actual parent. How do you think about that? Because you've had a pretty yeah. comfortable life before you had kids. I did. I did. Yes. So um, how do you even like, all right, so we had a little malfunction, but we're back. Um, so you, uh. By the time you had kids, you were pretty comfortable in life, I right? Was. Way more than I ever thought I would be. Right, yeah. exactly. But your your parents uh, probably went through fucking some crazy shit to make sure that you had opportunities. That yeah. used to be the standard. I mean, you not not that people aren't doing it now. It's just it's. It, I think it's a little bit more confusing now. Exactly what you mm-hmm. need to do, right? So it's how, very, how was that for you? That's a very good point. And I I was thinking about that the other day. Is that it's really kind of you know for like a guy in his teens or early 20s like building his life mm-hmm. uh giorgio right here you say like a young man and he's really looking at the world it's like how can i make my stamp mm-hmm. you know and it's beautiful that the possibilities are endless right. in 2023 but it's got to be also a little overwhelming like 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 um Paralysis floating in space analysis floating almost, in space yeah. is, is liberating for the first hour yeah. but then you realize like oh my god there's no point of reference here i'm just yeah, in yeah. the abyss whereas like our fathers really was like go get a job mm-hmm. after i graduate go in the military yeah. or go to college right and get a job go to college to study something that can get me a job right yeah. right and it was that was it mm-hmm. and take a pick and go yeah. and grind 
Um, Find a way to serve and be a provider. That mm -hmm. was just the easy part, right? And um, so it, there, that is a, a, an interesting question to pose, especially now. And the way I thought about it was uh, I have a friend who's the son of massive A-list celebrity mm. actors, okay? Both parents are massive recognizable A-listers, okay? <clears throat> and so the the amount of wealth and mm. the lifestyle he was afforded yeah. was was quite great. And he would talk about how being a kid on on private jets and being a kid going to the south of France and everything. And he said, I would trade it all for just unmitigated attention mm. and, and bonding. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I thought about that. It's, you know, I may not be able to provide a bigger house for my daughter. I may not be able to provide uh, the, 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 the complete safety of financial, no financial burden for college. You know, it's, but what I can try and provide to make that better life for her is like a real, like a real unwavering commitment to trying to find out who she is as a person mm -hmm. and not impose my ways while also providing safety and discipline in the parameters to let her grow and, and, and really build that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's one way that you can kind of forego this whole confusion of like the modern world right. and the professional landscape. I mean, the reality is, is that we all, we have to, as we mentioned before, we have to get to the same place we always have to get to. Mm -hmm. Now it's just like, instead of battling, like it, it's become easier to, to find a career. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it's been, as a matter of fact, it's probably easier now to become wealthy than it was at any point in yeah. human history. Uh, but just because of the mechanics of society that allow for those things, being present with your kids and your spouse is now something that you have to struggle towards instead of that was just the standard. And then you had to struggle to go out in the world and make stuff and bring it back. But now it's more like you're struggling to come back. And that's how all of human civilization always works, right? It's always cyclical, right? That to some yeah. degree. And and it's really you're both men and women are in a weird position because I think the standards for dads, which is a great thing, are much higher mm. now than ever before. I mean Yeah, if you just deliver a kid that isn't a serial killer and survives to eighteen back in the day, yeah. that's you did a good job. Did, right? People would go like well, what does your husband do for a living? Right. right? Yeah. And you go, he's a fill in the blank. Uh, okay, you, he provides every day and he, mm -hmm. and he comes home from work and, and you have food on the table? Yeah. Okay, he's done his job. Yeah. You know, yeah. no yeah. one asked. Like, like I went to one of my daughter's uh, first day of school. It was kindergarten. Her first day of school in kindergarten. And I had to take my – because my wife was out of state mm -hmm. filming. And uh, I was solo. And I noticed that there was like – 35, 40% of the dads were hmm. there. Interesting. And I was thinking about, like, I'm not, I'm old, but I'm not ancient. Yeah, yeah. You know, in 1987, no dads yeah, came yeah, to, yeah, yeah. that, that, yeah. You, your mom brought you sure. and that, no one asked questions, right. you know? And so I, I think that the elevation of what is expected of a dad is, is great. Mm. But it also then, again, it gets us back to like, well, it's kind of confusing because I kind of remember my grandpa saying, just work hard and, mm. and, you know, be an honest man and everything will work out. But now I'm being told like, oh, you also have to be, you must be that positive male role model for your children right. too. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, do, do you think it's uh, to some degree because of all the noise in society now, it, it, you, like back in the day to become famous, you actually had to be great at something. Yeah. 
or I mean, sometimes it was luck, but you had to be like an athlete or really smart or, or really talented or really care something. You had to, yeah. There had to be something. Right. And then we, as a society, were pretty selective about the people we allowed to become famous as well. Cause right. if you were an absolute cunt that nobody liked, maybe you get famous, maybe you don't, but you don't have a glowing image like the, uh, People these days in Hollywood think that because they're in Hollywood, it somehow justifies them having some opinion of some sort, right? right. Which is or not not having an opinion. Anybody can have one, but it, it it means that other people should listen to them because they, it's based, they feel obligated, yeah, to tell yeah. people a how things should be going. But it's based know? on that old thinking that yeah, this was. It's almost like a to become famous is almost like a graduate degree or something. Like you mm-hmm. worked hard to get there, or you were special, something. But right. spe- now it's just like social media right so there's a delusion uh our delusion rather of of the talent pool that we look at on a regular basis right right? so we it's it's not the cream of the crop anymore for the most part for sure it's a pretty wide so i think a lot of our institutions have failed or are beginning to fail because of that and i think that one of the the one of the institutions that is failing because of that is the way is just masculinity and how we as a society view it and its purpose, right? Um, because there are all these competing ideas about what it is and how it should. Well, some some people don't think it's useful at all, which is uh, that's a, that's an interesting fucking thought. Well, they well they'll think that until there's another calamity, predator, you know, and yeah. they, like there's another sort, yeah. real reason. I was living in the I wasn't in New York City, but I was living in in Northern Jersey mm. when 9/11 happened, mm. and I will tell you, obviously, I would never. If I could go back in time, I would do what I could to prevent it. Mm. But I will tell you, like, November, December 2001 was fucking magic. Yeah. It was magic. People randomly hugging you. And people walking by cops, shaking hands, high five, give them, put on mm-hmm. thank we pre- Firemen, same thing. Do, we appreciate what you're doing. You saw someone in uniform. Don't give me. Don't even get me started. People yeah, were yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah. was like, yeah. you go, U.S. military. And there was this real sense of camaraderie. So... Uh, I, I certainly am not trying to encourage that there would be something like that. But I will tell you that all these people who are saying, like, traditional masculine traits, uh, there's no place for them in this world. Like, well, you'll find out real quick when, when it's too late that yeah. there is definitely yeah, yeah. a place for it. You know? Yeah, and I think that's um, – back to your point about parenthood. I think that is – everybody used to know what a man was and what his job was, Right. right? And not not and and kids would learn that from how their parents interacted and how not not just that but how they the the media they consume whatever it happened to be whether it was you know school books cartoons now YouTube and shit like that now it's not so obvious no you know what I mean it's yeah. not so obvious to uh, I I say this all the time young men or y- young boys and young women learn everything they need to know about how women should be treated by men by how their father treats their mother, mm-hmm. right? Whether And if he's not there, that's what they think is right. They, right. they it, it, it doesn't occur to a to a, uh, a young mind that what's happening is circumstantial or wrong. That's just how it is, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how your, bo- your, your body and brain chemistry develop to support that worldview sure. over time. And now it's like, you're, I, I feel like, and you can tell more about this than I can, but I can see it in, in the guys I talk to. Being a parent these days, being a male, being a dad these days, you're like constantly struggling against those forces. You are. And 
the the forces and and the, the the impressions that are made on your kids i think are a lot less obvious as you pointed out but sometimes that's not necessarily a bad thing mm. in, you know because i was born in 1979 so when i started to recognize things that were important how to treat women uh, you know, develop my own kind of taste in art, mm-hmm. uh, what, what global politics really meant. And I was, it was the nineties, mm-hmm. you know, in the eighties, I was still a kid. It was like, yeah. I like star Wars and baseball. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so in the nineties, I thought because of a, m- the fact that my dad was a really ambitious and hardworking guy. He, he w- worked his fingers to the bone, traveled a lot, worked crazy hours. And then I would, Couple that with watching like Homer Simpson, Al Bundy, uh, you know, the traditional kind of trope of Mm. sitcom dad was, okay, dad works, he hates his job, Mm. he's miserable and comes home, Uh, it's a sexless relationship Mm. with the the wife, and they don't ever show any outward kind of care for each other, but he's doing his job, and the wife uh, constantly complains about how... Yeah. crappy he yeah. is you know and they, and they only show care when it is part of a uh like redemption story arc in that episode right, right. like oh i fucked up and now oh but i actually do really love you and here's how and my dad was to his credit was like again like a really good idol for me to look up to mm-hmm. when it came to ambition and working hard and you're committing to something and standing behind it and accountability and he also was like my dad was never like a uh strip club late mm-hmm. night with the boys guy <laughs> But he also, I don't, they like never showed outward affection mm. to each other. I don't know if my parents ever said, I love you. I don't know if they ever held hands or mm. hugged and stuff like that. Um, so that's the stuff where it's like you can you can learn from the past in the positive ways, but also in the negative ways, you better step your game up. And it gets back to like providing a better life for my children than I was provided. It's like I want to emulate my father in many ways when it came to he was so trustworthy. He was so accountable. He was so responsible, and 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 uh, he was so charitable, and mm. and all of these things. But I also want to like give my wife a big smooch right in front of my daughter so yeah, she yeah. sees that, and hold her hands when mm. we walk and stuff like that. <clears throat> well, that's so. And you know, we're kind of answering the question, I guess. How do you give the kid a better life? You know, mm-hmm. than you had. It isn't just about money. Obviously, and it's not not about things. In a lot of ways, it's not even about experiences because money can buy experiences as well. As a matter of fact, that might be the most important thing money can buy is experience. I, I think it's it, it absolutely is not about money unless it's really extreme. Yeah. It's not about money unless you're really poor or really or rich, yeah. really yeah. rich, yeah. where you're sci-fi rich, where now you're like, what can I do to make my kid not weird, yeah. rich, yeah, yeah, yeah. or or yeah. if you're you know <laughs> below a certain level. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, th- no, it really is about money because yeah. I don't know how my kid's going to eat right. consistently, you know? Yeah. Um, and those di- that, that dynamic that's changed between parents and kids has also changed uh, between men and women. And mm-hmm. it's gotten weird over the past 10 years or so. More so over the past five with all these involuntarily celibate dudes who think, like, they're, they're just, they have some weird ideas. It's a, it's a black, it's like, it's almost like uh, social and political uh, uh, nihilism. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm not gonna obey my programming, and I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna participate in this stuff because I don't think it's fair or whatever. It's like, well, life ain't fair, bud. Um, but almost uniformly, yeah, like, yeah. But if you, if you, if you're gonna deny your programming, then good fucking luck. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, ha- use your toaster as a television and see what happens. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But 
the it it has been difficult for us, I think, to track the way that the dynamic between men and women has changed over the past, let's call it 70 years since women, since men came back from the war and then women were in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's kind of continued up through the seventies. Um, I don't, Jordan Peterson talks about this sometimes. I don't think he really goes into it deep, deeply enough to be honest, but uh, the, that men and women don't necessarily know how to work with each other in the workplace yet. I don't think people have figured out that dynamic necessarily because right. it wasn't always like that. But I think, for, forget about that. I don't think that in courtship, dating and courtship, that men and women have found an equilibrium either because it used to be that I'm a man, I'm going to demonstrate my value to provide and protect this, provide for and protect this woman, right? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then, you know, she will, the, the woman selects. That's usually how it's gone throughout primate history. Um, but now it's like, especially over the past 12 or 15 years, women are graduating college more. They're getting higher paying jobs than most blue collar men now. So, but, but they still do like blue collar men. You know what I mean? They, they, they like a the, lot they, of young like liberal college hands. girls will, will deny that, but yeah, it's when true. Push comes to shove. Yeah. yeah. They like callous hands. That's yeah. just, and, it, and it's, again, you, you can't deny your program, but when you are when 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 one of your primary evolutionary values is as a provider and the woman provides more than you i think that is throwing a wrench into the fucking dynamic between men yeah. and women i mean i dealt with it so yeah. I'm, I'm, i my when we first got married my wife was on a a network sitcom making like are you kidding me money yeah, you yeah. know um and i certainly was successful mm. by any uh metric um but there there was a weirdness that came with it and then i finally i had to look at it really through the prism of of the, the callous hands mm. like you pointed out right and i was like okay way more men than ever before in this country are dealing with what i'm dealing with right now right way way yep. more this episode of citizen is brought to you by black rifle coffee company Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran-operated and supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, rounds, and delivery schedule anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. The best value you're going to get from Black Rifle Coffee is the coffee club. As again, you can choose the roast, whether you're like light, dark, or medium. You can choose the texture. You can choose whether you want uh, ground coffee, whether you want to grind it yourself and get whole bean, or if you use a Keurig and you want the coffee rounds and the delivery schedule with a wide uh, array of options for that. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, use the code CITIZEN, and get 20% off your first order. This episode of Citizen is also brought to you by Ghostbed dot com forward slash drinky bros right now ghostbed is offering 40 percent off ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base for everything else 30 percent off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros if you get the uh 40 off deal if you use the 40 off bundle deal you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff your base your sheets your pillows all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month They've got a zero down, zero percent financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months. That's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you. Works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, 
uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best. The mattress protector, the weighted blanket, they have everything you need there. 30% off everything. Use the code DRINKINGBROS at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. Let's, let's like take a step back and look at that. Okay, maybe my wife makes more money. Maybe there's lots of women making more money than me. And uh, so be it. Mm-hmm. Does that take away, in and of itself, does that take away from my like masculine energy of provider and protector and the way I looked at it was like, okay, there's way more women than ever doing 60% of these jobs, right? But us three, after the show, uh, let's go get a bite to eat and then drive west and go to an oil rig, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's 100% men. It's all men, yeah. And then sure, yeah. if a fuse blows again and we call an electrician, 98 percent 0.9 chance it's a guy and the person that is you know out fishing for lobster fill mm. we can go down the list where there are these places where women are perfectly fine going like yeah this is totally uh a male-dominated world mm. and go do it and i can try to sublimate that mm. in my marriage and 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 that happens there's these little bursts and and you know I've been lucky in that we there's these ebb and flows where like then I'll be making more money than mm. she'll you know because actors don't they're not always working yeah yeah um, but then there's like moments too where uh, my wife and I have a very kind of like I don't try to impose like really strong rules most of the time nor does she but there's moments where. I draw a line mm. and I, and I, and I, and, it, and there's a switch and I go like, sh- I, I will literally say, stop, stop talking. Mm. I need you to go in the other room right now. And blah, blah, blah. One that just off the top of my head was like during the, the fallout from the George Floyd stuff. Um, a lot of the, you guys were still in LA at the time. I was in right? Venice beach and yeah. the riots were in Santa Monica wow. moving. I'm watching them on TV yeah, yeah. move towards Venice, right? Yeah. And they're burning down. They're trying to burn Santa Monica Police Department and everything. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a genuinely dangerous yeah. mob, right? So I go to the garage and I get my two guns that mm-hmm. I own and I, I load them. I keep the magazines away, but I load them and I prepare them. And I'm putting them next to the door. And I my wife's like, but what, but I, I was like, stop talking. Go in the bedroom with Magnolia. That's my daughter. Mm. Go in there now. And you guys just stay safe. Everything will be fine. Mm. I'm going to stay and survey from the front window. That's it. Like, there's no, and my wife was like, yes, totally. Mm. And like, so I get these bursts of where it's like, this is my time. And and there's absolutely bursts when it comes to child rearing or making decisions for like the benefit of, of the family when it comes to like social um uh, relationships where my wife is like, I, I, I hear you. Your 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 opinion is worthy, but this is my time, and and I know I just take the back seat to it. You know. Yeah, it's uh, there's an old saying in the I was in the 82nd Airborne in the infantry, mm-hmm. and uh, there's an old saying we have about infantry. It's there's only two uh, posture statuses. There are only two positions for infantry. You're either attacking or you're preparing to mm-hmm. attack. Right. So, you know. When you find yourself in modernity, I've got a fucking cubicle job or I don't get my hands dirty that much anymore. Uh, you got to go find that somewhere, right? And I think if you map, when you map that on to what you're talking about with the relationship, it might not be the case that you're the sole breadwinner or even the highest breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea of 
being a provider and protector doesn't just disappear with that, right? That's still something that the woman craves and it's still something that we crave to provide, right? That's what we, that's how we feel purpose. So look, you don't need to be the Terminator. You don't need to be out there preparing for World War III all the time, although I would recommend it yeah, because it'll make you feel better. It does. You know? There's there's some, there's again, I think there's something primal about, uh, I, I see it because I, uh, I never served. It's a big, it's a big, problem for me like a big bone of contention and when i look at my past and people oftentimes want to talk to drug addicts and alcoholics mm. uh about like oh the mistakes that they made or like yeah. the regrets and i and i and i was really lucky that i was never like a, a, a violent guy mm. i was never the guy who like got high and then woke up to be like i said what i was yeah. always like uh, i pulled my dick out or yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and i also towards the end i isolated so mm. i was never i was safe from that but but big regret was like when i was graduating high school i could barely tie my shoes let alone fly to afghanistan and be accountable you know and yeah. and i look back on that as a, a grown man now i look back and i was like i feel so bad because uh i could i could have been a good soldier i'm not saying i'm the bravest guy would have been out there <coughs> war hero but i love america i believe mm. in the cause i was always really comfortable with the idea of chain of command my mm. father and my grandfather were both mm. um very well decorated uh, military members. <coughs> Pardon me, but you know, I again, it's like I can cry over spilt milk, or I can just find the ways now to sublimate that, to to, to scratch that itch. And there are plenty. There are plenty. Yeah, there yeah. are. I mean, I people ask me a lot these days if, uh, like, they're young, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old men. Um, they want to serve their community somehow. They're like, well, should I go be a cop somewhere? Or should I join the military? I'm like, I, I wouldn't, yeah. to be honest. Uh, uh, maybe uh, th- what I what I tell people is that you should go be a sheriff's deputy in a small town somewhere. That's like it's an elected position. There's a there's actual accountability, and sheriffs are kind of the last line of defense against government tyranny from yeah. the institutional level. Um, so I'm I'm into that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's like. The follow-up to that, I think too many people, too many people are satisfied with the no, and and it's like it's almost like the inverse of improv, like you yes and right, yeah. Like I'm going to build on this, and no is not the end. Like when if, when you're especially when you are trying to be a, a, a servant of some sort, whether it's to your family or to society, you have an idea, or in business, right? I mean, if you t- if you took the first no and went home, then you're a fucking loser, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same in life. Like if you if you're thinking about joining the military now, look, go ahead and do it if you really feel strongly about it. I personally wouldn't, but don't let the fact that the institutions are fucked up right now stop you from finding a way to serve. I right. guess is what I'm saying, um, because there are a plenty of al- other alternatives out there, right? You don't necessarily even need to be in an official capacity to help people. And there's so many, you're right, there's so many ways to help. And one thing, I am not like particularly, I'm certainly not like a woke guy and I certainly have problems with it, like the whole kind of woke movement, right? But I'm not uh, vocal or or that bothered about it. I'm not like hiding my true feelings. I just, my day goes on. Someone's like, you know, uh, they're, they're looking to, initiate another vaccine passport or whatever or there there's some feminist blah 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 or trans blah 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 i go ah it seems silly but i go i was like what but wait doesn't magnolia need lunch you know but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I everything kind of just one ear out the other but one thing that really 
gets on my nerves is that along with this fem- pro-feminist thing, which is at its core, uh, the the intention I think is is amazing because who I have only one child and she's a, a female. Mm. I want what's best for women. Yes, and I want equality. And I want that, and I don't. I like. Hey, I, I kind of get bugged by the idea of glass ceilings. But in that, there's been a a willful kind of destruct like a like a foot on the neck of just men in general mm-hmm. and not only with like male culture but the other day i was looking at this woman online i forget her name but she was like a a, a journalist or a, a activist you know and she was talking about how all the men online that uh boys look up to she was trashing and it was like andrew tate mm-hmm. you know jordan peterson <laughs> joe rogan and she's going out and then i thought to myself i was like well then who should they listen to yeah if every voice that seems to catch on with young men nowadays who are more confused than ever, um, if they're bad, like where, where, show me this. Show me this panacea, this male voice that is supposedly in your eyes positive because you just do nothing but shoot down all these guys that seem, seemingly are, are really connecting yeah. with young men. You know, yeah. and Andrew Tate is a perfect example. He gets show shit on and I don't think the one problem I have with Andrew Tate is that, and I don't think it's his fault necessarily, but what uh, a 14 year old guy watching this, right? And he's playing video games. He's never going to, he has no connection with females mm. and he wants mm. it and he wants to be a tough guy and he wants to make money and he wants to have be cool with chicks. He sees Andrew Tate. And I think a lot of times because you're young and you're dumb, you'd think, well, the Bugatti itself, the private jet itself, mm. and the yacht, that's what made... And I was like, no, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that the guy makes promises to himself, and he keeps every one. Mm. And he wakes up the, that, the next day, and he does the same. And a lot of times when you see, like, the unedited interviews with Andrew Tate, and he talks about women, mm. you're like, well, that guy's actually... Like, he's a really considerate gentleman, mm. you know? Um, so I, I just... It bugs me that everything just in the whole manosphere gets shot down. I go, well, then what does the 14-year-old boy do? Because yeah. like you said, right now it's never been worse. You're so confused. You're like, well, it's not cool for me to be a jock anymore. So, is I mean, is it cool? Am I supposed to even be a guy? Am I? Yeah. Like, seriously, is it bad? Should yeah. I should I become trans, you know? Yeah. I, I think, it, and it is, I guess, a result of... Uh, third wave feminism and the Marxist shit that's crept into our into Western society, but I, it, men or men are the most responsible for the trouble we're in right now mm-hmm. because they capitulated to this nonsense, right? Um, and yeah, there there's society bears some responsibility for it. Um, like when you tear down good men, young men will turn to bad men for answers, mm-hmm. right? It's true. That's how people get captured by shitty ideologies like oh they're all out to attack us constantly so we have to we have to form this group now and it's you know it, it's a it's an an, uh, an aggressive group because we feel like we need to be aggressive i mean that's how that that's how despotism happens you know what i mean because enough people think they've been aggrieved by some group or another and some charismatic speaker can convince them that our entire goal in life just should be to annihilate that thing. Right. Like the Jews, for example. Right. right? I mean, it's happened in our parents' lifetime or our grandparents' lifetime where somebody has mobilized an entire goddamn country against a race of people. It's happening right now in South Africa. 
right? Yeah. It's like this is this is the danger. Forget about the current state that we're in <clears throat> is primarily isolated young men, sexless isolated young men who feel completely divorced from society. Stage two of that is they are mobilized by some leader or another or some bad idea or another, and they start doing violent shit mm -hmm. in mass, right? That's the next step that happens. And it's, we're, we're so goddamn myopic about this. We think it's like, oh, well, fucking men have been in charge for long enough. So fuck the, these guys, these kids are just going to have to figure it out. Are you fucking kidding me? That's your solution is just to leave a nuclear fucking weapon lying out on the lawn. Yeah. With no safety mechanism on it. That's what you're doing. You know, it looks, it, no, it's like, it's like the middle East, right? It's like, uh, and it's certainly not the actual boots on the ground, the brave men and women that actually go over. But, you know, if you look at like the West or, or NATO in general, like how they have over a 30, 40 year span have treated major countries in the Middle East. Like, do you know how easy it is to point out the West is like an evil yeah. lord, to, uh, oh, just no. an evil force to a, 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 ten, a five year old kid in Afghanistan? I'm telling like, you, they yeah. don't even, it is, it's not about Islam for them. Yeah. It's not, I promise you, I've, I've, I've had several confrontations, <laughs> some, some less pleasant than others with these people. And the vast majority of them aren't true believers. They're not, they're not sitting around, uh, uh, praying five times a day and thinking about how they're going to spread Islam to the world. No, they're fucking pissed off. Right. Because we came and fucked with their area. You know, we blew up their fucking school or some shit like that. Or like, you look at like Afghanistan, you're like, well, like they were, our, you know, like, yeah. can you imagine if you're a 60 year old Afghani guy and you're like, I remember shooting, you know, shoulder launched mm, rockets stingers, at yeah. Soviet helicopters and you guys going, you're amazing. And then you bounced. And yeah. now, 20, 30 years later, I, I see NATO planes, you know, killing my family. My point being is, like, what's left over? This vacuum. Where it's like, we just don't like it. It's dangerous. So let's just destroy it and then not try to not try to put anything up as, like, this positive alternative. There's just mm. anger. There's confusion. And young men, it's, it's really tough. And another thing is, like, it's not necessarily all society's fault, too, because there's also stuff like, like Tinder. Mm. Tinder has destroyed the way any young man who's going to look at women and what his and I'm not trying to like be some Pollyannish guy like I'm a dog I, when I was single I was a horrible dog yeah, and yeah, a yeah. man's yeah. and I'm not saying don't be what I am saying is like this interaction between like I'll just swipe and put it out there to a thousand chicks a couple 20 are going to come through right mm. and you have this room service like that's not how you that's not how you court women. That's not how you no. deal with the opposite sex. It's yeah. really uh, just the ability to communicate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, all this stuff is layered on top of each other. It, it, almost everything, almost every skill that we develop as human beings, uh, well, particularly as men, let's just stay with men. Every skill we develop as men, uh, regardless of, of where it is, is kind of designed on getting pussy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to some degree, Absolutely. we, we, we put spoilers on our fucking Hondas. We work out and all this stuff like men don't care about most of that stuff or they didn't used to, but now we're getting to the point where men are appreciating other men more. Um, <clears throat> I guess, but back in the day we didn't, it wasn't ever about, as you said, it wasn't about the Bugatti. Right. It was about, if I drive, if I drive slowly through downtown Miami in this car, there are going to be really hot women that want to have sex with me. All right? that like 
every decision I've ever made before I became a parent, before I, I, I was like genuinely deeply in love with my mm. wife, like every decision I made was like, well, what would make this look good for girls? Mm. That, it's true. And, I, and, and I, I don't mean that. I know it sounds like so boneheaded to like a 20-year-old girl who's out there and probably like some liberal arts, you know, student. But what I mean by that is not that I'm just constantly like a, like an ape looking to, to mate. Mm. But impressing the opposite sex really made me be introspective and want to develop myself yeah. as a human. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Yeah, because you don't want to – well, I don't know. There's some people who will fake it, but there's a there, – it's it doesn't – that doesn't last long. You know what I mean? People are pretty good bullshit detectors. Um, More so than any, and I think that that's the one saving grace mm -hmm. of modern children. I don't want to say that sounds denigrated. Modern youth, because all the way up into like people in their 20s, they're so much better at sniffing out BS mm -hmm. and, and finding authenticity than we ever were because they've had the internet their whole life. Yeah. And they see, like, you can, it's really quite amazing how. Like, take, take David Letterman, right? David Letterman, this is how important authenticity is. David Letterman had sex with his intern who was like 40 years younger than him while he was married and went on TV that night and uh, he was like, yeah, that's unfortunate. I hope we can move on from that. So anyway, uh, we got George Clooney on the show and yeah. no one ever said it because yeah. everyone's like, well, Dave Letterman's always been a dick. Yeah, yeah, He's, yeah. He admits it. He's yeah. like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be friends with anybody. And Ellen DeGeneres' career is over because she's not a nice person. Right. Because she sold it as like, I'm yeah. your best friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, I mean, perception matters, I guess. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's, you know, that's all of society's based on that fashion trends, whatever. I mean, you know, but it, it, when it's, I think over the past hundred years or so, it's gotten way more complicated because of the pervasiveness of media uh, and the and then the profit motive behind this stuff, like just the concentrated profit motive. So, all the the shit talked about fashion magazines from the '60s through the '90s, I guess, about you know creating false images for women and shit like that. That was women that did that. It wasn't men running and those magazines. Yep. You know, women and it was women and gay dudes. It was like you're you're presenting the perfect image in all of your marketing materials, right? And then you show up to the store to buy it, and it doesn't look like it's like the uh, McDonald's commercial on TV. The burger never looks like that in nope. real life, right? Uh, and look, no offense, I, I I don't think men never expected you to look perfect before. You know what I mean? Or just thin, think, just or thin, yeah. That's, right? like, think, the, think about that, wearing lingerie. You put lingerie on and walk into the bedroom, like take that shit off right now. We're fucking. I'd rather you be. I don't naked. give a fuck about I'd rather that you shit. Be naked. That's yeah. for you, dude. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care about you. that. Yeah. But it's like. When, when it became commercialized, now it's an industry, right? So yeah. the media advertises on the news, so the news has to talk about how this is the right thing to do, right? It's it, And it's hard, man. Like, when you talk about the media, it's such a messy game, and I'm, I don't like to do I mean, things. you've been in it for a while. I have, and I don't like to do things in life, certainly professionally, and then go and talk crap about it because mm -hmm. I met a, you know, work, I've worked, I, I'm really weird experiences when it comes to traditional media i've worked for access hollywood i've mm. been on cnn for i got paychecks from cnn mm. i got paycheck you know and i i've done uh some rather out there kind of like right wing stuff too mm. I, I never looked at it as i always my real comfort zone my real like this is where i feel in my 
play in my zone, why I feel worth it in, in a professional landscape is having professional conversations. Mm. So I was never going to be like, I'm not talking to Ben Shapiro or yeah, I'm not yeah. talking to Rachel Maddow. I was like, yeah. well, interesting. You're smart fella. You're mm. smart lady. Let's go. You know, yeah. but the media itself, it's so strange. And I don't know how much it is like this in 2023, but I will tell you one experience I had that was so telling and like early 2016, um, things are at a real height because now we're in the, the kind of the back end of like the Caitlyn Jenner trans mm. movement. Um, there's a lot of the police brutality stuff that's cooking up. And mm. then, of course, Donald announces he's running for police. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there was a video of this man in the Bay Area. I'm pretty sure. I think it was Oakland. but It was, yeah. You're talking about the young Marine that got hit in the head with a, a two or three round, like a smoke grenade. No, this guy was walking through the streets with a machete. Was oh boy! Shirtless walking through, and and you know, clearly you, this is twenty sixteen. Some, yeah, I remember that. I was I lived in Oakland at the time, yeah. and uh, the cops rightfully came. Yeah, and then when they saw that this man was not putting down said machete, mm. they attacked him, convert, and you know, like isolated the limb with the machete, mm. and they kind of beat him a little bit, not yeah. too bad, but and, and then they arrested him. Yeah, and there was a activist on this panel that I was doing a panel show, and. Um, she was like, this is another clear example of white supremacy. And, uh, you know, because the man was black, but also some of the cops were black. I mean, it was Oakland, I think. It was- <laughs> yeah, most of them probably <laughs> so, were black. Yeah. I was like, and, and also I was like, well, this is a danger to society. I, his skin was irrelevant. And I think the cops are actually pretty, pretty tame with it. The, I think it's crazy for you to claim that this is white supremacy. And she starts yelling at me. What mm. do you know about the black threat? So I start yelling at her. And I start like really yelling and like veins are coming out of my neck. Mm. And I kind of lost my judgment. I mean, I was like on live TV mm. screaming at this woman. And so that happens. And it seems like it's 10 minutes. It was probably 45 seconds. And I, and we go to commercial break and I put my hand in my head and I, uh, I unclip my microphone. I was like, well, that's it. I'm fired. Mm. You know, I'm screwed. And I walk over on stage, and I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, I disagree with you, but I should never have yelled at you like that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're you're right. And she says, I walk off the stage, and I get into the hallway, and there are the executive producer and the head of programming Mm -hmm. of the West Coast at CNN standing there chatting. And I'm like, all right, let's just dive in, you know? Yeah. And I walk towards them, and I'm expecting them to read me the right act. Mm -hmm. And they both turn and look at me with ear-to-ear joker grins and they're like yeah that's television baby yeah and i'm like uh this isn't jerry springer guys you know this is a news channel you know and i knew i knew right then and there i was like oh this is this is where we're headed you know yeah john stewart warned about it with crossfire back in the day i bet yeah uh he's like yeah i don't i don't know that we need to be setting the standard that our political discourse is across the table screaming at one another that seems like a bad idea right um, I, the, I, I've always used this metaphor. It's like you begin a conversation, you know, quietly where you, you can only hear it up close and you move farther away and you have to get louder. And then the farther you, you get away from each other, the louder you have to be until you can't really reach each other anymore without bullets or bombs. Right. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it works. So it's like, why, why are we, that's the profit motive in the media that bothers me. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand it. It's a business. You got your your job, I guess, is to make your business the best that it can be. But 
Um, it's if not, it's, if it's, it's not, at the expense of society, I don't know that I believe that. Yes, but also, I, you're, you're right. It is at the expense of society. It's affecting us greatly. But I also think it's not media companies' fault. Mm. No, it's, it's our, our fault. fault, yeah. I don't watch the news, but it's still my fault just as much as it's any. Mm. In the same way, like, I'll never forget, 12 years ago or something, every person I met in the entertainment industry was like fucking Kardashians. They're mm. tra- how come they're getting all this attention? You had ten million last night. They got ten million viewers on me, mm. and I go, why? Why are you blaming them? Yeah, like someone had the genius idea to put a camera on them. They're they're just collecting paychecks. Yeah, like <clears throat> I've never seen one second of that show. So, is your fault? And then, then the, like mm. if it's not if it's not catching on with the public then there's no one else to blame mm-hmm. than the, the the media outlet that is doing it. But if it is, can you really, you know what I'm saying? Like, can yeah. you really blame them? Well, I, I mean, th- so I, I'm glad you brought that up because back to the point of people being famous and feeling like that gives them uh, not just the right, but I, I think you mentioned they, they almost feel responsible to give their opinion all the time about yeah. things. Um but again, it's associated with this. The old standard for fame used to be that you were accomplished in some way, right. talented and or accomplished. And because of that, you were a leader in your community, mm-hmm. right? And now we have a different pathway to fame that doesn't weed out any of the uh, nonsense, but it has the same impetus to try to tell everybody, not, not, just, not, not just from the pulpit, you know, look down on people and tell them what to do, but to actively try to change culture, which is way more problematic. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, no. And I like forget look- about John Wayne was a draft dodger, right? right? Total draft dodger. He's a piece of shit in real life. My same opinion. with same with Ted Nugent. And they can yeah. talk all the I'm rah, rah, tough yeah. guy stuff. It's like, well, yeah. when it counted, but, but back then nobody knew with right. John Wayne. Right. Yeah. So, and, and the way he played it publicly was a benefit to this country. I think he, I think he sustained manliness and increased patriotism in this right. country. Um, so let me ask you a question as a, as a man who, who served proudly mm-hmm. to me, even though the public narrative was way different, mm-hmm. I actually have a lot more respect for a guy like Muhammad Ali yeah, who publicly did exactly what he wanted to do, even yeah. what he was doing in his private life. Yeah. Know? So this, uh, the idea, what, what, what the the civil rights movement in the United States called passive resistance, right, is based on an old Buddhist principle. It's it's not actually passive resistance. It's not what it means. It's a principle called satyagraha, and what it means is that I'm going to do the right thing and accept whatever the consequences are, huh. right? That's what it actually means. Doesn't mean you're not going to fight back necessarily, but sometimes it does. Like you're not going to, I'm not going to tear this system down and fuck everybody over because of how I feel. But this is how I feel, and that's how I'm going to live. That's kind of what it is. So yeah, I respect that way more than. Uh, especially more than people who are trading on the honor of better men, frankly. You know what I mean? Like dudes that didn't have the fucking balls to do it that are going to tell everybody else. And it's become a thing too now with um, in the the G-Watt time period where there's a lot of people. Things got pretty effeminate for a while, right? Mm -hmm. In the 90s, it was all hippie, grunge, bullshit. And then early 2000s, it started with skinny jeans. Once... A bunch of GWAT veterans started graduating from military, from the military back into society and becoming, you know, uh, getting into film and television, authors, just uh, podcast influencers and stuff like that. Um, There's a brand, 
like there's a look now mm-hmm. it's like cool hand luke back in the day or rebel without a cause there's a look that kind of defines what the modern man is and there's a lot of people out there fucking faking it you know what i mean yeah which is it's good just like, and bad it's just like right the kid, like right? I, I want it i want it to be i want it to be like that because i want people to be more like tim kennedy than they are like some dude wearing skinny jeans right, right? and if that's what it takes for you to to mimic his behavior because you want to be him, then I think that's a net positive for society. I do. I, I totally agree. But it's kind of like the 14-year-old we were talking about who sees Andrew Tate and mm-hmm. thinks it's all about the Bugatti right. and not about the, the person. Yeah. But I know plenty of dudes who wear the, like, the tactical pants. Tactical pants and, and, the, the, and, an, and an aggressive beard, I, I think. The Brian full beard Cowan and then a bl- yeah. black rifle shirt. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, oh, she... And, Military guy? No, no, no. But I got I got uh, concealed carry, so you know. I'd, and I was like, mm, you know, yeah, man, tits too. Uh, no. You train at all? No, no, no. no but yes, you, I could believe me. I've been my fair share of barfing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you, you're larping. You yeah. know, like you're. Yeah. And 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 <laughs> like you said, like if that's what makes them live a better life, maybe than the guy wearing skinny or, or what's trendy. Sure. But we're not all the way there, right? But like, it's the, like the larping is the first part. You want you want the kid. Or even the adult, it doesn't matter. Any, it's inspire anybody you can. You want them to take that first step yeah. and enjoy the positive benefits of it. But then you have to take that next step and be like, all right, here's the work that needs to get done. You don't have to have served in the military to go train. Yeah, You know what I mean? Most of the dudes I know rolling and out there shooting aren't former military. They're just dudes nope. that are worried about how society's going these days. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm the least confrontational person. I'm really, I'm like, I cried the other day when I found out Pee Wee Herman died. I mean, I'm not, I'm, if Tim Kennedy's here, I'm the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, but for me, it was always like, I, I can't trust that the world is like that. Right. And there may be a time and a place, and it certainly was in Venice. I'd be walking my dogs with my daughter, and like, yeah. there's some toothless dude who's just like throwing bottles at us, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I never, I'll never be, you know, I'll never be Gordon Ryan, I'll mm-hmm. never be George St. Pierre, but I at least wanted the ability to protect and to be able to be capable if some shit came my way that I was not yeah. going to be able to avoid. You know, that's that's something that I'm kind of keenly focused on right now. I'm not sure how to do it. But um, <clears throat> something that I think needs being done is to make being a manly dad cool again, right? Yeah. And I, I don't know what the steps are for that. Dude, it is. I, I, in my opinion, and maybe I'm being overly optimistic, mm. but at least from the, the people I hang with and I talk with, and that goes not only with like Central Texas mm. Tim Kennedy guy friends that I train jujitsu with, that's Hollywood dudes, like mm. actors and writers and stuff. Uh, I think when there's no microphone or camera in front of people, almost all men agree. It's like, yeah, I, I, I saw a picture of you the other. Day. I mean, I can't tell you how many like, like really extreme Hollywood people, especially on Twitter, they're mm. ta- constantly still talking about Trump and Russia in 2023. Mm. And then they'll call me, you know, and they're like, uh, I saw you. You say get your purple belt the other day, and. Uh, you know, you're you're three years older than me, and like you have a six pack. Like I, mm. I, what can I do? Can you help me? Mm. You know, and I'm like, okay, yes, yeah, I, yes, I'm not the paragon of manliness, but I will tell you, I, I see there's a germ there because you mentioned the '90s about this anti culture. Yeah, I can't tell you 
how not cool it was to be buff or lift weights in 1996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if you're Dorian Yates, but to I mean, be, ju- just watch any 80s or 90s movie, teen you. movie. The, no, but, the no. buff dude is always the villain. No, always. No. 80s dude. It was listen. It was the, the, 80, range of the, the nerds. The, the, the shit. jock was always the villain, but he was yeah. still sweet. Yeah, that's like true, Johnny yeah. and Karate yeah, Kid was yeah, fucking true, yeah. sweet, and James Spader and Pretty and Big. Yeah, the '90s. He got dumb. L- literally, the cool guy was like, like the Seth Green character. Yeah. And you, I, I literally lifted weights in secrecy in when I was in high school, and be, you didn't wear. I was varsity athlete in mm. three sports. I never would ever would wear my letterman jacket to school that's no, crazy i've talk. never seen a human crazy being do talk. that yeah uh that would be that would be upsetting to see that to be yeah. honest i would be like uh that's gay dude you gotta yeah. get out of here with that shit and, um but i think when my sister my sister i have one sibling she's 11 <clears throat> years older than me <throat> and she went to the same high school <clears throat> when i was a little boy and i saw her friends in high school in 1987 it was pretty sweet to yeah. be like captain of the football team yeah. or be prom queen <clears throat> it was sweet in 1997 it was super not sweet you know like yeah it's weird how that works isn't it it, it is and, it, and there's like those cultural changes and i'm not saying that's all bad certainly not all bad but what i think the the important thing that they miss because you look that that idea of like screw you culture is against me society's against me so f everything well if you can compartmentalize that there's a lot of power because I like fighting back and standing up for what you genuinely believe in is, is really the most yeah. manly thing you can Re- do. Regardless of what social or political position you're coming from, there is something wrong that needs to be fixed in society Absolutely. for you. Right. It's super. It's, a and most it's usually the thing. same stuff, right? It, not, not, not precisely the same thing, but it's, I, I try to tell people this all the time. The differences you have an opinion with people with other normal people who on the other end of the political spectrum than yourself are very similar. It's the government or somebody else intruding into your business mm-hmm. mostly uh, for both for everybody, right? Or a media company profiting off your guys' yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah, like like abortion rights and gun rights. Those are two groups of people that want to be left the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. They just want to be left alone. There's no right? win in that. Yeah, no. There's a, it's just like leave leave people alone, and it's like okay, cool. You may disagree fundamentally on some of that stuff. Um, but you don't have the right to tell other people what to do for the most part. Right. right. That's something that you believe if you're a, if you're a liberty minded person, you believe that to your core. Right. And to, unless it's a couple of things that you disagree with. And I, I got to tell you, uh, that, that makes for a very complicated discussion. You know what sure. I mean? Like it's hard to, it's hard to work that out, um, between people who don't think that the government should have any control over anybody and people who, you know, are religious, for example, who think that certain things are unethical. I mean, give to Caesar what is Caesar's is what I remember reading. Not necessarily pass a law to stop people from doing what they want to do, but it's like that the, the mindset is very clearly the same. It is that people have these instincts, right, to be independent, to fight against authority. I don't know why that's so present evolutionarily yeah. for, for human beings more so than other species to fight against authority, but it is. It's also, as you mentioned, um, no matter how, no matter what happens to society and culture or the way men think, it always comes back to that. It always comes back to that primal instinct in some way, right? It's sure. like, oh, like fucking Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are, learn, are gonna fight. Right. Right, because the two richest motherfuckers in the world are close, right? Two of the richest people on earth are 
<laughs> like their instinct is to fight each other to demonstrate their value to the world. Not, it, not, not, not all the accomplishments. None of, fuck all that. We're just going to fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it really, it, it, we got to base animal level. That's a, such a beautiful example because there was just one, one straw too far. Yeah. Where both of them are like, no, fuck you. No, listen. I know it sounds great. I'm going to fight this yeah, guy, yeah. and, I, and there, there's no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts around it. One of the things I, one of the most meaningful moments in my life was came from that, and it was me getting my ass kicked. Mm. And it wasn't. And uh, believe me, like I said, I, I have a, I'm a loud mouth, and I love having conversations mm. is my my fun place. But it was never. It wasn't anything like that where I was spracking off somebody to beat me up. I was living in uh, Bay Area at the time, and I had. One friend at the, I, I, I was not the coolest guy at that time. I, I really just, all my life revolved around was uh, getting high and getting mm. drunk. I had this dude who's my buddy, and he lived in this apartment down below me. And I would always just go in, and we'd play PlayStation. We'd play Jet Moto on the original PlayStation, and we'd rip beers and bongs. And I know he had a roommate, but the guy was mostly gone. And his roommate was this black dude from Oakland. Mm. His name is Corey. And he wasn't big, like, Jack, but he was really tall. Like six five, and uh, skinny as a beanpole, but he was legit, like from Oakland. Like he just didn't mess around. And normally during the day, I would go in and I would just walk in their door without knocking, and my friend would be there, and we'd do our thing. And this at this time, I just busted. In. I was like, "What's up, motherfuckers?" And he was on the couch. Corey mm. was on the couch with a chick. They weren't like naked, right? but they were kissing, making mm. out. And he's like, "Are you out of your goddamn mind?" I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Mm. I'm, my bad." Um. I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought I thought Ryan was here. You know, mm. he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you close that door. And the girl's like, no, nah, it's okay. And he's like, no, no, you really have disrespected me. We're gonna walk up <laughs> to the parking lot, and I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a kick your ass. <laughs> I was like, dude, we don't have to. I we've hung out. Like, mm. we don't have to do this. Come on. I'm really sorry. It was a big mistake. He's like, no, you have crossed a serious line. Just thinking you can walk in here like that. Chuck Liddell calls it a fighting offense. You've made a fighting offense. And he might have been right. You know, yeah. like I can't, looking back on it, I can't really deny that, you mm. know? I was his residence. And I was just mm. like, what? Mm. Um, and uh, after like, you know, five, ten minutes of trying to negotiate with this guy, I walked up to the bargain lot and he kicked my ass. <laughs> like, I didn't, I, I didn't just get on a ball and let him, mm. but I at least like put my hands up and he, mm. beat, he beat the shit out of me. Uh, he couldn't. He didn't go as hard as he clearly could. I mean, he didn't put me in the hospital. Mm. But uh, in that time, my friend that was his roommate came home, okay, and saw this, and he's like, oh, "What happened?" And I and this guy told, the, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And he, the the black guy, dusted me off, mm. put his arm around me, walked me downstairs, and we all hung out, and we never had a problem. And I learned, and and somewhere down the line, we were. Uh, a little bit buzz, and he told me he's like, if you sh- if you just like ran away and got in your car and never came back, mm. he's like, I'll never allow you back in this house. He's mm. like, the fact that you at least dug your heels in and yeah. took it, he's like, that shows something, and I, and like that stuck with me for a long time. It stuck with me for a long like the one of the things that I could look back on and really feel proud of or feel like I I, I developed as a human was losing. <laughs> was well, you, my don't, you don't you don't learn anything when you win. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I like we we are so risk averse these days because we're uncomfortable with with uh, suffering and uncomfortable with losing, and that's why we're fucking stupid. Yeah, and weak. You you might be. I I think that's another huge point you'd like to get across. I'd like to get across to young men. Bill Clinton wrote in his book 
which was like a really pretentious pile of nonsense. But <laughs> one thing that stuck with me was that he said the greatest thing that ever happened to him in his professional career was the first time he ran for uh, Oklahoma, mm. Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas yeah. governor. He got smashed, mm. like not a, like got like eight percent of the vote. <laughs> And he says the greatest thing that ever happened to him, and that from there on out, he, uh, he his career meant something because he knew, and he learned, and he's he's like I was arrogant. I graduated top of my class, and I was kicking ass, and I yeah. did this, and and I was arrogant and complacent, and and I got my ass handed to me, and I stepped my game up. You know, like there's no one that's done anything that you admire as a young man. There's zero people that you look at that had this uniformly awesome upward mobility mm. towards their uh, the place that they're at where you you some i can't i'm by far like far from like howard stern or something but the first 20 times i was on the radio it was fucking unlistenable <laughs> you know like yeah. it was ridiculous it, it takes a while to get a rhythm for sure and it and the and i kirk hammett <clears throat> kevin and bean who is a radio show the morning mm. show i worked with they used to do these things called breakfast withs, mm. and it would be breakfast with like these huge bands, and they would it would be early in the morning, and they would play songs, and then an interview in between songs, and we did Metallica one time, and it was in this really small venue, and I was off the stage, but sitting right next to where Kirk Hammett was set up with his rig and everything. So in the commercial breaks, I would try to talk to Kirk Hammett, and he's like blah 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 blah, but yeah, I'm gonna try to fly back to to my house in Northern California before we head on tour because I uh, I got school. I'm like, oh, you're going back to school? That's awesome, man. What are you, like a, like a community college? He's like, no, 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 guitar school. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Kirk Hammett. And this is Death Magnetic Metallica. Yeah, he's yeah. not 20. They're, he has 500 million records sold. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you, I mean, I can't assume I'm never going to get, I can't get better or get worse. He's like, I could definitely get worse. Uh, so, I, you know, I study. I try to, you know, involve different styles of music. I was like, whoa. It's really, it really stuck with me. Like Kirk Hammett, at that point in his life, is studying guitar. Yeah, no you know? shit. I mean, what? I guess if you just base it on records sold, uh, the best metal guitars of all time. Oh, absolutely. Or at least the if, most you're, if you're going off of Money Made, heck yeah. yeah. Him and, yeah. yeah, Slash maybe. I don't think Slash is anywhere in that ballpark, probably. Yeah, because right? they didn't have an, as many albums. Yeah, yet, you're right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's a good lesson to learn, man. I mean, none of this. What's the do you, any any documentary or any kind of, especially when we were young, when when you know uh, there wasn't quite as much about people's social life available. The story about Michael Jordan was he got cut from his varsity team when he was a sophomore. Yeah, that's his that's his fucking uh, origin story for as a villain or hero, or whatever. However you feel about him, but that's his origin story. Is that. He thought he was better than everybody else, and he showed up and got smacked in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an important part of character development to realize how not prepared you are for something. It's, that's, that is the, the physical manifestation of the anxiety in your head telling you you need to get better, right? That's, the, that's when it becomes real, when somebody's like, fucking you, just yeah. knock your ass out. Like, oh, shit, I thought I was good at this. <laughs> and it meant so much to me hearing George St. Pierre talk about being bullied, and that's why he wanted to charge mm -hmm. Mike Tyson. He was tired of getting picked on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so many people will just resort to the extremes as opposed to just being and saying, like, there's got to be a boxing gym around here somewhere. There's sure. got to be, you know, and it's like, maybe I'll make more of myself. And you may never end up getting that bully back, mm -hmm. but who cares? 
you will transform yourself as a human being, and that's worth its waiting. It is, yeah, and it's. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's you don't you don't necessarily need to get revenge. I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. Henry Rollins and I had this conversation, um, and not to name drop, but it, it's meaningful that it's it was him, mm. and we were talking about pumping iron, mm. and uh, it was Slayer was on his old. He used to have a show on IFC, and Slayer was the musical guest, mm. so everyone you know in the LA scene knew that I was like, the yeah. so they called over to K Rock, you want to come by? And I was like, hell yeah! So they, they did a bunch of takes, and we were Henry and I are just chit chatting. And we were talking about lifting. He's like, I can't lift heavy anymore. And he's always Henry. He's always mm. like, I can't lift heavy anymore, even though I, I want to. But, you know, I'm old. Mm. But he was talking, and he said, uh, everyone was always so confused, especially in that punk rock world, the early hardcore, where it was like, you fucking jock, you, you muscle head. And he's like, I didn't do it so that I could be buff or mm. have abs or kick ass. He's like, it was the first thing where my parents – a teacher, a judge couldn't get in the way. Mm. And it was just between me and the weights. And I made more of myself. I would look in the mirror and be like, I did this voluntarily. And look, this is the results. And it made me change. It changed the way I looked yeah. at myself. And like there, I can't express how much that means. And if I could impart that message to people, it's like the fitness world is out there on the internet with all the wacky workouts and the girls with the big butts and the guys with the abs. And But it's really... If you can t- absorb that and take what's good from it, it can be life changing. If yeah. you feel yeah, yeah. substandard and you commit yourself to doing that, and you you become strong, you become muscular. Like it's so empowering. Yeah, you know, in every facet of your life. Well, it's it's one of the iron laws of life. The weight doesn't get lighter; you get stronger. Yeah. that's how it works, right? Uh, it, it's like physics isn't going to change, bud. Um, pressure creates diamonds. You know what I mean? And, yes. and if the, the pressure in society, yeah, it's different now than it used to be. It's not about just, as a, as a young man, it's not just about providing or protecting. Uh, masculinity is under attack, so it's your job to be the best version of masculine and the most of it you can be. That's, right. that, is your, that is the per- pressure that's going to turn you into a diamond as an adult, right? Or if you're an adult, it's going to make you a diamond at some point. You know what I mean? Um, Resilience is, is, it's like... That's all of life. That's all. That's, that's all there is to yeah. it, right? That's all that we, as men, when you look at other men, you go, "Well, that's the guy I respect." I, I, I don't think his physique or how good he is at jujitsu or how tough he is as a fighter or how much he serves. That's not really ever really factoring in. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes it, it, it is involved, but really, it's resilience. It's like, yeah. look what life did to that guy, and he just said, "I'm still standing." You know, I, yeah. I may never be the hammer, but you better believe. I'm never going to stop being this nail. You yeah. can keep hammering me and I'm yeah. going to keep coming. Yeah. Um, and you're doing, uh, tell me about the shows you're doing now before we get out of here. You've you got a couple of uh, new venture, new-ish ventures. Yeah. So I've been doing my podcast, Mikey Likes You. Mm. The It's like health and fitness based. But I, that's a really saturated market. Mm. So I wanted to do something that I really felt like someone who's stage ready, does all the drugs and is looking to take their diuretics and water manipulate mm. like they could still find it interesting yeah but the person who's never worked out in their life and is probably intimidated by like gym culture would right. also okay. be into it because i looked at like health and fitness the physical aspect's a, a big portion but it's not all of it yeah it's like how do you deal with the stress of your life like main, maintaining developing recovery practices when your wife's fucking on your case or you're mm. going through a divorce or your boss is a prick you know like that 
all of that stuff factors in and, and so few people in the fitness world like to put that in and, and addiction and recovery and mm. and just like self-worth and, and your self-image. All of that stuff is equally, if not more important than yeah. like how much you can bench. You well, know? it's the resilience, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like this is society. Society has its expectations. Uh, society to include the people around me have their expectations and I have my skill set and I need to I need to get above this somehow, right? Um, and over the past couple of uh, decades or so, instead of fighting to get above it, we've become more comfortable with the excuses we've made for not being able to or not having the drive, rather, to actually do it. Right. You know what I mean? You get the same dopamine reward from being a victim now that you used to get from being first place. That's fucked. So it has to turn around. It has to turn. And the only way to do it is for other dudes to hold each other accountable and project strength back to women again so they will start openly seeking that again because right. that's the way the fucking cycle is supposed to work it's almost like siphoning gas out of a gas tank or something you have to that initial act has to happen something physical like uh, newton's law is like uh we need an act for or we need an action to be an equal and opposite reaction to that right. we need it badly no it's a good point and you know especially when you talk about like our relationship with win so another thing, man, when you're when you're so inundated, I had, I'm sure you're the same way. When I was a boy, and I potentially wanted to go be alone in the bathroom mm. with some lube, like Victoria's Secret catalog was it doesn't matter off what the it was. charts. Oh, yeah. That was like home run. Yeah. And now when you're just so inundated with like insanely hot chicks, I re I would like to say this. I understand chasing after hot chicks, and I encourage you to do that if that's, but realize when it comes to making a relationship you can find the smoking hot the just the most insane chick you've ever seen but if she treats you like shit mm. you have done yourself the most massive disservice and you are not respecting women in a total way because you have to think about like obviously finding a woman physically attractive is very important and you should do but you have to find a woman that you find physically attractive that you know when you get stomach cancer, she's going to wipe your ass yeah, yeah. when you have shit running down your leg yeah. and she's not going to complain. Or when you lose your job and you guys have to sell what, you know, shit mm. is shit hits the fan. Who's that woman that's going to be there for you? Cause mm. that's how you got to measure it, man. And so many guys are just consumed with these like girls that like, I, I, it happens a lot in LA where they're professionally hot. They're not, yeah, mo yeah. they're not yeah, models. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not actors. No. They're professional. They go to the Laker game and they go to a club and you're like, yeah. how do you make men? Like this guy pays for this, and that mm. guy pays for that, and I'm like, oh, and guys just throw, and it's our fault. It's guys' yeah. fault because yeah. they just, and I was like, think beyond because yeah. there's good, there are those women out there who will make you a better man. Yep. And sometimes those scorching hot chicks aren't going to be that. Girl. No, there's no, there's no correlation between the two. Yeah. Necessarily. Um, there's crossover. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of crossover. I'm sure there's tens that are awesome chicks too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what I'm saying, but mm. it's alluring. The uh, the professionally hot chick. Yeah, and I think we've – that's probably to some degree always been a threat because dudes are dumbasses, you know what I mean? I mean, if you – if nature chose to motivate us with our dicks, so you can blame nature for some of this shit at yeah. least. But, you know, <clears throat> so it's not new, but I do think – you mentioned uh, dating apps earlier, looking at potential mates like in a catalog with all their – stats listed right yeah. there and deciding like fucking emperor nero thumbs up or thumbs down on them i, I think that's warping people's brains frankly. and i i am 
the biggest. I'm the grossest piece guy of ever. Shit. I was I'm a total the piece grossest of shit too, single yeah. guy. I screwed yeah. all of Southern California. Mm. That's not my point, but that the idea of like looking at the opposite sex like that and being like, mm-hmm, yes, it's yeah. so dystopian. It's, weird. it's so gross. You yeah, know? Like, I don't think it's good for anybody. I agree. Uh, well, look, we got to get out of here. Tell everybody where they can find you and find all your shows. At Mike Catherwood on Instagram and uh, I guess threads too now. Oh, um, that's always the best place to find me. I uh, The show is Mikey Likes You. I have at Mikey Likes You one. The number one is the show. Uh, um handle for the instagram but also like everything's at at mike catherwood is the best place to get me and let's pressure uh dr drew to start um love line back up again he's a podcast i'm sure he's in i can't blame him he's working hard he travels a lot but he's on board and we've been pushing together i've had to do a lot of the legwork but uh we really want to resuscitate love line because you know it just Terrestrial radio, I think everyone can understand. It got to a point where, like, we we, we were shooting ourselves in the foot trying to do. It couldn't be the best show it could be. It yeah. just got to the point. Yeah. And so now, but now with the way that the internet and the way that like modern media is at the alternative media it's, mm. as it's looked like, we could have a bigger, better show than ever before. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. Um, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you coming today. I sincerely appreciate you inviting me, man. Yeah, thank anytime. You. Uh, and thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.